You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Jim Shooter, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Happy today, everybody. This is the Epic Marvel Movie Podcast with your host, Doug Ferguson and Steve Ferguson. Hey, how's it going? It's going very, very well. It's nice to uh, nice to be able to get back behind the microphones again. Indeed, we are behind microphones. Or is this more of like a in front of a microphone? Uh, mm. I think it's a perspective thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell you, though, man, like, legitimately, um, I feel like our whole lives have led us to this moment. This very moment? This very moment. From the time when we saw our father torn apart from our dogs and our mother beheaded in front of us, it put us on a course of destiny Mm -hmm. that led Mm -hmm. to this moment. It's basically fate. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to figure out why I connected so much with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as discussed last time, uh, we decided to kind of step away from the uh, science fiction, but stay within the realm of speculative fiction. Mm -hmm. But this time, do uh, actually, to be honest, uh, Wikipedia had a name for it. It was a sword and sorcery genre. Oh, sword and sorcery. I just, I just thought of it as fantasy, but maybe fantasy is more broad. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think fantasy is a little more broad. Like, there's you're you're not gonna have like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, elves and you know, uh, it's not a very Tolkien, you know, sort of story. Uh, right, right. Actually, truthfully, that's kind of like the direction our mom was going when uh, she was watching it with us. The, wait, wait. You mean she wasn't actually beheaded in front of us when we were children? No, it, it both both things are true. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the two are not mutually exclusive. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thought, when she maybe. was watching it, she's like, okay, well, if he's the thief, then does that make her a cleric and stuff like that? And it's like, well, you're kind of approaching it from a D and D. Yeah, or uh, um, sort of or even even Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know, because I feel like I feel like so much is based off of Lord of the Rings um, in modern fantasy that you know we have to consider that that wasn't always like the norm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I agree but uh, yes folks in case uh, you haven't clued in yet uh, or perhaps you were too young to be a part of this this curious phenomenon we were talking about 1982's release of Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. uh, which was I think you had mentioned this was the film that really kind of put Arnold Schwarzenegger into the spotlight wait oh wait sorry this, this isn't the same Conan who has been doing late night television for years no, no, no. That's uh, that's Conan the talk show host. Oh, oh yeah, okay. There's, there's a bit of a difference. Now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this guy's funny, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, Schwarzenegger had been in 
filmed before. He was it was uh, called Hercules in New York, and he was credited. <laughs> it's funny, not a lot of people mention that one. Yeah, he was credited as Arnold Strong because they thought his his name wasn't very. Uh, like, no one's no one friendly. is no one is ever going to watch a movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger? No one no. even knows how to no pronounce that. Yeah. And you know, in fairness, he his presence made the name. Like people wanted to pronounce the name, you know. At that point, right? that's true. Yeah, they're like, they're like, how do you say that? I'm gonna learn how. I'm to gonna say learn that. how to say Schwarzenegger. And now it's just so so pop culture that, it, yeah, it's just it's just he's on the Schwarzenegger. Everyone needs. Everyone knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Now, apparently, the the rights to this um, had been held onto the De Laurentiis Group since the '70s. And they were always kind of looking for for a vehicle uh, and at the time to release it because they were apparently based off of um, uh, a bunch of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I was reading some conflicting information, but it looks like Conan was explicitly named in a lot of them, but not explicitly named in all of them as just kind of a barbarian figure um, mm. in uh, in these these pulp novels, basically, right? Uh, and what was oh, sorry? What was the name of the? Uh, the name of the guy, um, Robert E. Howard. Yeah, so this, this is from the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the film rights were kind of held on, were held onto for like basically the better part of a decade, or, or just over a decade, I guess. Uh, but then apparently once Schwarzenegger met with with the producers, they were just like, "This is this is the dude. We've got to have him. He embodies <clears throat> Conan. Everything we expect yeah, out of Conan. Me, well, he's, he was Mr. Universe. For, I think for that was shortly after he was Mr. Mm-hmm. Universe, right? Although, interestingly enough, I, I think this actually kind of speaks to Schwarzenegger's acting. Because Schwarzenegger's a funny guy. Like, he's a really funny mm-hmm. guy. And it's not a funny role. It's it's a very stoic a It's a very stoic role. Uh, and whereas, like, a lot of people who know Schwarzenegger is a very, very positive guy. He's a very positive, upbeat guy. So the fact that, you know, he was able to to really sell himself as this stoic guy, either that or they were so impressed with his muscles upon muscles that they said, you know, screw it. But then again, you know, there were lots of guys who were big muscles on muscles. So I think... Well, I mean, actually, apparently that wasn't as commonplace back... I think, I think it became more commonplace as the 80s went on. Sure. But, um... You know, uh, actually, what uh, I saw an interview with Schwarzenegger just coincidentally before, um, uh, just because there's a lot of Terminator Dark Fate stuff happening right now, so right. he's he's doing a lot of promotional stuff. He's highlighting his famous movie roles, and he says that like so many people were telling him that he couldn't really get into Hollywood, a because he has a really thick accent, mm-hmm. um, his yeah, I guess you know the strong thing because his his name is hard to pronounce, and that you know muscly guys weren't really in. Um, well, hold on. When was the first Rocky movie? It was in the 70s, mm-hmm. but um, but if you actually watch that movie, uh, Stallone isn't that big. Okay, so he's, he just got progressively he, bigger? Yeah, he got, he, got, he got more buff as the series progressed, mm. but he's actually, um, I guess it's kind of like um, uh, Wolverine. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, where okay. he started off. Well, Hugh Jackman started off very fit. Yeah, but like as this, as the Wolverine movies went on, he became more and more like huge. Yeah, he got he got yeah. really big. So similar similarly with Rocky. I mean, yeah, he's he's perfectly perfectly fit human, and we should all want to look like him. But he just got jacked. I think it was. I think the big turning point was number three. Mm. I don't know the year on that one though. Yeah, so he was just saying that uh, he was very unconventional, but when it came to the Conan the Barbarian role, suddenly his strange accent and his um, 
and his uh, bigness, how big he was, uh, was an asset to the, yeah. to the part, and that's why he got it. Because suddenly, suddenly, it didn't matter that people couldn't necessarily understand what he was saying because <laughs> he was because it was it was swords and sorcerers it was otherworldly right yeah sure yeah. Uh, so the to hell with you <laughs> to hell with you uh, the film was written by uh, director John Milius and Oliver Stone interestingly enough apparently they wanted uh, some more credibility uh, with the production by having Oliver Stone co-write it and you know to be honest it's not a movie I would immediately associate as an Oliver Stone flick like, I mean, he didn't no. direct it, but even in terms of uh, tone and stuff like that, you know? Well, it's, it's just not his wheelhouse, typically, right? No. Like, he's he's more of a... Um, it's not his wheel of pain, uh, no, typically. No, yeah. no. no. Uh, I don't, I, he, yeah, he usually does um, real-life dramas and political thrillers and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and it was produced by uh, Buzz Fitchens and Raffaella De Laurentiis, so uh, Dino De Laurentiis's daughter. She, actually, coincidentally, she uh, also produced Dune. Oh. So uh, hey, we're coming back. Full yeah, circle, another folks. another another link that we is uh, unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, oh, John Milius, um, you, you know, looking at the promotion material, especially in the the spoiler alert in the comic adaptation, at the back, it's just like yeah, John Milius, you know, acclaimed director John Milius. And of course, when I'm watching, I'm just like, who? <laughs> you know. Now apparently, he did direct a bunch of stuff. Uh, Red Dawn was the first title that I recognized. Do you know oh, anything yeah, yeah. more about John Milius? Milius, Milius. I forgot to IMDb him. So yeah. I'm sorry, I don't really know. Well, anyways, he did Red Dawn. Uh, so and Conan the Barbarian. Uh, but it, it is interesting seeing how you know even then at the time marketing it's just like look acclaimed look, acclaimed director John Milius is helming Conan. And you know even the you know I just at the time imagine reading that and being like okay cool so they've got an acclaimed director doing it you know just because mm-hmm. just because the ad tells you it's an acclaimed director you know yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so Doug, why don't you walk us through the the plot of uh, Conan the Barbarian? So Conan is getting a bit of a pep talk from his dad, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, "Hey, man, swords are the way to go, dude." Mm. Yeah, and uh, and um, you know, basically, it doesn't really amount to much, you know, <laughs> because uh, next thing you know, his his um, his village is being raided, and everyone he knows is being butchered in front of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a pretty stressful day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, his dad is uh, gets impaled in the back uh, by an axe and eaten by dogs. Um, his mom, there is, a, you know, it looks like his mom might be spared, but then uh, as she's holding holding his hand, holding young Conan, who you think yeah. what maybe ten, something like if that, if even if even ten, yeah. Um, uh, then uh, suddenly James Earl Jones pops up with a terrible haircut. Mm-hmm. T- takes out a sword and chops her head off right in front of him. Well, you miss or the fact that beside he, him rather he bewitches her first. She's going to defend herself, but he's got those strangely blue eyes. Then he transfixes her so that she kind of lowers her sword. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, there's this weird moment of the, of uh, of that thing. <clears throat> I am beautiful. And then uh, he basically gathers up uh, all the children uh, and. Uh, Sends them to a giant wheel of pain, um, mm-hmm. where they basically push around a wheel um, for endless amounts of time. I was hoping that it would like show what the wheel was for, like yeah, maybe for yeah. a forge or something that they I were was trying really to, with like the, like maybe they're trying to like perfect mm-hmm. some type of stainless steel or whatever for their cutlery, and so they're they're pushing this wheel to like to like mm-hmm. power a forge, but they never really show. Yeah, I don't what, know what, what was in the yeah, maybe, maybe it was yeah. just for the sake of it being there. Which is like a strange use of slave labor. 
a giant a giant wheel to make a point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, if you're if you have slave labor, put them to use. <laughs> I mean, at, at least go. like that's Steve's advice, everybody. If, if if you've done the despicable to have slave labor, I would hope <laughs> that your slaves are actually doing something productive. Yeah, you know, saying. it's it's really, yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. You know, it's just as opposed to just having them spin a wheel pointlessly all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's dying just, off. They die off. That's one just by one. bad economics. Yeah, the kids yeah. die off one by one. Yeah, uh, but Conan's still there, and mm-hmm. he grows up into a, a strapping young man, mm-hmm. um, played by Mr. Schwarzenegger, and uh, and then he, I think he gets sold off, right? Yeah, 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 sold to to uh, become like a, a gladiator, to be like a pit fighter. Yeah, so he 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 fights in a lot of pits. You know, this reminds me of the uh, in the origin story of Megatron in the Transformers comics. Oh, he's like yeah. the best pit fighter in yeah. the uh, the underground pits. Yeah, I went there, folks. Uh, yeah, that happened. Which um, was that IDW or Marvel? I think that was the IDW ones. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he he beats up a lot of people, um, and uh, I think then one day his owner, I, I, I don't know, does he get drunk or something, or is he just like has well, a, has a first change he of sends heart, them or? he sends them to like the uh, the the east the east to learn combat. Oh yeah, as well. so that's so, true. Yeah, yeah. So, so he learns he, to fight. He learns to like, and he learns to. To love women, yeah, and mm-hmm. by love I mean take them against their will, um, and um, and he, uh, uh, yeah. But then, yeah. Slane, you're right. I'm not entirely clear on the motivation of the uh, of his master for setting him free. Yeah, like does he just have a change of heart? Or? Uh, you know, I kind of felt like I kind of felt like it because just how he's just like you know get out of here, go. You know, like maybe he's like he's like you've won me so much money, and I just keep using you. And you know what? I'm starting to think that I'm the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. you know it could be, and that would have been a a, sl- a little like don't don't go ape like investigating this, but like just kind of like give us just a little bit more. Like maybe he's just he was so so um, beholden to Conan, or or felt so guilty, or mm-hmm. was rich and wanting to take off, or maybe started to fear Conan. Just like look, there's only so long I can keep this dog on a leash before it bites me. Maybe I'll just let him go now mm-hmm. while I'm rich. You know, I, I, and that would have that would have made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, he cuts the chain and frees him. Yeah, so Conan runs off. Uh, is chased by dogs or a pack of wild wolves? Is it? You know, honestly, it looks like dogs in the movie, like yeah. like dogs that were like set loose by people tracking him. But in the comic, it does say it was a pack of wolves. But yeah. I, I think it's just the difference between the two, or maybe they just couldn't get dogs that looked like wolves. Yeah, uh, that's weird. Um, but he does wind up taking uh, cover, or he he climbs up a rock to try and get away from them, but winds up falling into what looks like an old tomb. And uh, and he thinks it's the tomb of Krom, um, and the uh, which is basically their god. Um, ha ha ha! Krom, 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 and uh, and he finds a nice sword. He's like, yeah, this is good. Um, so he take he takes the sword, and I think he um, he makes short work of those those puppy dogs, mm-hmm. um, and he gets himself a nice new uh, puppy dog coat. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then he goes into. I think he wanders and then finds a witch lady who, uh, you know, who just says, here, come come, let me warm you up by the fire. And next thing you know, she's just like, her loins are itching, and she needs some Conan the, uh, 
Clone and the Lovemaker. The love ma- yeah, I, I was. Uh, well, she. I had to. I was. I was like, hmm, maybe that's too explicit. She gave him days. something of a prophecy. Like she told him she was expecting him, and then she gave him the prophecy about the two snakes, right? And that there was a place that he had to go. That like that he had to go to fulfill it. And so it kind of seems like you know she was just kind of on his side. Mm-hmm. But then she's just like, but I I need I need the CD, you know, the Conan D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as as we all do. Mm. Um, and she, and then. They start having sex until she turns crazy and gets teeth and crazy eyes and claws and uh, and then tries to kill him. Mm, strangely y- enough. Strangely enough, yeah. Um, and then he does the thing. Oh, the only thing that I think there was to do in that mm-hmm. moment, and that's throw her in a fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he goes outside, finds another guy tied up, and uh, he's like, hey, let's be friends. Mm-hmm. And, then they, and then they were friends. And then they were friends. It was good. Yeah. Um... Uh, with the character who, um, actually, you know, I didn't even catch his name during the movie. Um, during the movie, no, yeah. the movie is so sparing with dialogue. Truthfully. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's for some of it's almost a silent film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, then they actually, um, but they, they say his name quite a bit in the comic. Oh well, yeah, they they say a lot, uh, a lot of the names in the comic. That guy's name. Subutai. Subutai, yeah. Yeah, he who's a thief and an archer. And I believe he's supposed to be of Asian descent, but he looks like a white guy with, uh, with a little bit of hair. Well, I mean, okay. Um, but the thing is, is that they also have a lot of Asian actors in here. Yeah, so they call, sure. he's a he's a Hyrcanian. Um, the thing is, is that they're really loose on, and this is probably a good idea, they're really loose on the ethnicities, because like right, yeah. some of Conan the Sumerian, which, I, to, to be honest, I missed that in the movie entirely. Yeah. Um, they seem to have different cultures put in. There's a lot of Viking culture, but mm-hmm. not just Viking culture. Uh, there, there's a lot of like generic European culture stuff thrown into Conan's uh, ethnicity, and the same with the other characters as well. Yeah. And I think, truthfully, that was probably for the best. You yeah, know, just yeah. like I, I guess this it, is it a different helps, world. It helps avoid stereotypes. Exactly like right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, but they draw on real stuff too. Um, yeah. So there you go. He gets Subutai, and Subutai pledges allegiance, and then they go off running. Yeah, and um, and then they go into various cities, and and then they come. They, then they they basically they start on a journey where they meet a nice lady, who Val- really, Valeria, yeah. Valeria, and uh, and and then they start stealing stuff, and it takes them down the road. Uh, down this prophecy of uh, of following snakes and beheading giant snakes and leading them back to to, to James Earl Jones eventually. So mm-hmm. I guess that, that's he, the gist of it. Yeah, he, and he runs a cult. Yeah. Basically, he runs a cult. Yeah. And there's a king played by Max von Sydow who's like, "Hey, look, you got to rescue my daughter from this cult. I like how you guys went into that temple and stole stuff and killed people. Can you do the same thing to rescue my daughter?" And Subutai and Valeria like, and eh, and Conan's like, "Yes." Well, I'll, I'll do, do it. it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. And, th- yeah. And, th- and then there's the wizard who's out in the marshlands. Ha <laughs> Crom laughs at your four winds. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, okay, yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that I noticed is that there's amazingly little dialogue, especially at the beginning. Oh, and yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't think, like, there's a narration by the wizard, uh, played by Mako, Um and there's narration on you know truthfully i understand why they put it in but i don't even think they need that i don't even think they need i mean it's great akira was the name of the wizard i don't need, like it's great for setting like uh the sort of your saga sort of narrative you know your your epic hero's journey to have a narrator um that that's that's understandable but did you necessarily need it eh. 
I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think they needed the narration? Um, no. No, I don't think so. I think uh, usually it was quite clear what was going on. I mean, maybe there are a few moments where it was it helped clarify what was happening. But overall, I, I think the visual storytelling was strong enough that um, I wasn't particularly lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there were some interesting... Um, interesting stylistic stuff that was kind of put in you know when he's having sex with the witch and it turns into a disco and she's like you know and uh she's yeah she's going uh crazy and you know, when when conan freaks out of the camel and punches it uh and knocks it on fire. <laughs> like where did that come from that was crazy yeah, yeah. just knocks a camel <laughs> yeah the, the, and this this the movie although in kind of a it is serious it does also unabashedly get pretty hammy at times like, you know, when he's crucified to the tree of woe and a vulture comes down to peck at his wound and he turns around and bites the vulture back. Yeah, uh, he bites it right in the neck, kills it. Yeah, yeah. and and also the, the the snakes that get turned into those arrows, uh, curiously. Um, so there, there, this film kind of dances this line between, like, serious uh, epic adventure and kind of a hammy self-aware... I mean, it was 82. You know, it's just like... Um, we had seen movies um, along these lines, especially uh, like I'm thinking like Jason the Argonauts sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, well, Clash the Titans and um, yeah, but you know the thing is though that this was noticeably more gritty. Than well, those, you yeah, know? yeah. Like like it, those were like adventure films like through and through. Where this um, was a lot more graphically violent and like blood splattered. And and there's a real grittiness to the filmmaking, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that I appreciate about it. I know this film is really divisive. Yeah, like some people just do not want. They do not want, uh, and others uh, really like it. And I, I think I'm more on the camp of I do like it. I don't like love it, but I like it because of of there's just something so aggressive about just how how drab and like how visceral it feels. Like it it feels. It just it, it's so it lacks so much polish. Yeah, you know, it just feels really raw and really like like they were out there in the thick of it to make this movie. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, they uh, filmed in Spain for the most part, uh, and as a reward, Spain got uh, to open the movie two months before everybody else. Oh, well, two months! Wow, yeah, about two months. I mean, that, that wouldn't be allowed these days just because of piracy issues but that wasn't an issue back then no no yeah. um i also like um like this the settings and so there's a lot of great visual stuff like the the wilderness looks very um aggressive you know uh even you know going through going through you know the the meadows and, and, the, and the forest and the swamps and you know and the deserts and the the coastline and, you know all that stuff feels feels very um isolated and very like you could die of exposure you know sort of that sort of thing you know what i mean it doesn't feel like a, a nice little walk through the woods or anything like that it it um so vi- visually uh i really i really like this movie i think it's it's great to look at for sure mm-hmm. yeah um as a quick aside uh this is one of the films that as an adult film that had a cartoon spin-offs yeah uh yeah i believe it's called conan the adventurer um do you know uh any other films that were adult films that but had cartoon spinoffs aimed at children um there's two that i'm thinking of off the top of my head um 
I mean, Ghostbusters wasn't necessarily for adults. No, but no, it, I mean an adult film. Like, I mean, okay, adult. adult like, not, not adult, adult acts, but like, like, like... Yeah, but because, I mean, but Ghostbusters wasn't really intended for kids. It just kind of, like, just kids wound up liking it. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely more geared towards teenagers and adults. I don't know. RoboCop? Oh, right. Yeah, Robo- Robo- I cannot believe, like, if you watch the original... Have you seen the original Robo-Cop? I haven't seen the original movie, no. Dude, like, that is gruesome. <laughs> like, I cannot believe that... I mean, it's a very marketable look for the character. Sure. But, like, you know, if a kid watches that, that uh, cartoon and they would like, I want to watch the Robocop movie, they're going to get traumatized. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that came to mind was Toxic Avenger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's even more puzzling than <laughs> Isn't Robocop. Isn't so strange? <laughs> Toxic Avenger is disgusting. I haven't even seen that one, actually. I haven't seen Toxic Avenger, but... Uh, but it's, I know it's reputation, <laughs> and I've seen clips, and that's. Um, I'm legitimately surprised you haven't seen Toxic Avenger. Um, it's up my alley, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe I should watch it someday, um, yeah. or maybe um, I might regret it. I don't know. Maybe who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, any further thoughts on this film? Why Why didn't they come out with like something, like uh, an Aliens animated cartoon? They had toys. They yeah, had the toys. Toys were definitely geared yeah. towards kids, but uh-huh. like, but like that's that's that'd be awesome. I, uh, maybe there was just no way to make it so that like that whole show would just be guns and aliens and. Well, what are, what are the stakes ultimately? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what 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 are the stakes? Um, but although you know, I guess you could almost argue this with with Conan too, because I I remember Conan the Adventure, but I don't remember actually watching any episodes. Um, mm. So I mean, like I don't know if he was actually like, killing killing things in the cartoon series or just you know making them sleep or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <night-night>. um, <laughs> I, there was also a t- made, there was also a TV show of RoboCop as well. Yeah. Oh, there was and, that's a uh, RoboCop everything. Yeah, and and the, and that one I remember watching it and RoboCop just blasts guns out of people's hands and they're like, <gasps> and he's like, you're under you're under arrest and and I'm like, man, like, wait a like they. They watered it down so much, and you know, I, I, understandably, because you know you couldn't get away with some of the stuff that you could not get away with what they do in the RoboCop movie <laughs> on TV. Not, not not that day and age. No. Um. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 80s was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a weird, weird time. time. It was a weird time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. On the whole, you know, it's it is kind of hard hard to really really sit back and analyze the film because it did what it accom- what it was wanting to accomplish you know it's not it's not particularly deep no, no. and uh you know it's a, it's 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 a, re- a revenge flick for sure mm-hmm. uh it's a hero's journey 100 percent it's an epic film um and it's swords and sorcerers sort of stuff and it delves yeah. a bit into some of the metaphysical but not a lot and uh yeah, yeah. kind of a you know a story about um you know Kicking down the doorway, forging your own path, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, very, very basic sort of, like, undertones in a film. Nothing nothing that really, you know, breaks the mold. Boobs and blood. Boobs and blood. Boobs and but, blood. But I think, I think why, why it works is because it is just, just in presentation. And, and it, I can't, I mean, I don't know. Let's see, what was it, 1982? Mm-hmm. 
what, actually, wow, what a year that 1982 was! <laughs> you know, like so many great films that came out in that year. This this isn't even near the this isn't even near the top of like the the amazing films that came out that year. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of like. Uh, I keep thinking of like the thing, <laughs> which was 82 as well. You know, mm. um, I like the thing better though. It's also more disgusting. Yeah, well, but, I mean, the difference is, though, is that The Thing is also meant to be a psychological horror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Conan is not. There's no, there's no it's psych- not supposed not to be a psychological, psychological elements, yeah. no. Yeah, whereas um, the, the, and the Thing, um, actually, it's funny, I just uh, watched SF Debris' review of They Live, uh, <laughs> and I'm very curious about, th- have you seen that one? I have seen They Live. Yeah, I'm yeah. very, very curious about that film. Um, <laughs> I, I, maybe you shouldn't have watched the uh, the review, because there's there's a lot of moments that I think you, you, you go in there they're so puzzling mm. that you're like when you're watching it you just gotta go like what the <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I, do you know you know about the fight scene yeah well, yeah, well how it was like the super long uh, fight it's scene like a, it's like a them. completely uninterrupted six minutes of two guys <laughs> punching the crap out of each other like no joke and, and when you're watching it you're like why is this still going on <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I just I can't I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just remember when I watched it, I was just I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, I can't believe this is still happening. John Carpenter is a weird guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's a he's a character. Yeah. Um, and I think he's still ticking too. He's still going. He's he's one of the last of that sort of generation of uh, horror filmmakers. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember where I was going with things I was thinking and saying. Well, um, what what else? Uh, what other thoughts do you have on the movie? I don't know. Maybe I just maybe I covered it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it is interesting how quiet it is. Mm. Um, for, like, I guess you know, kind of matches like the amount of time that maybe Conan was just out walking the wilderness all by himself and not having anyone to talk to. It's like, ha, we don't get anyone to talk to either. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I almost expected because of like the reputation of of uh, Hercules in New York and stuff like that, and how bad Arnold Schwarzenegger apparently is in that. Yeah. Well, of course, that's not necessarily his fault. That could be just the fact that the movie is just awful, in a, in probably the best way possible. <laughs> um, um, the uh, but he's actually not too bad in this. Uh, oh he, yeah. He 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 sells it, um, and I can sort of see why people might start to take notice of him. Um, I think. It was still a couple years before Terminator, which I think was the huge turning point for 84? him. 84? 84 was Terminator, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so they must have started pre-production of Terminator not long after this mm-hmm. was released. James Earl Jones is um, well-established. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a, he's a legend even at this point. Um, although already, like, as, as you read in some of the, the notes uh, after this, um, in the comic, mm-hmm. um, it's like, from Darth to Doom, and it's like okay, <laughs> yeah. and so clearly he's um it, he well I mean this is eighty two so it's it's in the thick of Star Wars mania yeah so um but that, so that's that that's currently the iconic role that he's attached to and is I guess he's still kind of more or less attached to that <laughs> sure that Mufasa yeah. um it's almost too bad because he he did uh, Fences I believe was one of his uh one of his landmark. Broadway plays. 
Um, I like think he, I saw footage of that. Uh, yeah, there yeah. was a comparative footage between him doing the role and I think it was uh, Denzel Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a different interpretation. And they both worked, but they were very different portrayals. Uh, drastically different, yeah. It's, it's just um, the, James Earl Jones played it as a, uh, as a powerhouse yeah. character where Denzel found a lot of humor in it. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting seeing the contrast. Um, so, you know, it, it's amazing the difference of actors and their choices and and all that stuff yeah uh fences is a play that i covered in school years ago and it's it is it's very good um but definitely um it's definitely the type of production to be watched uh rather than just read Hmm. um and and that that video totally solidified that i i when i studied plays in, in college i felt that almost all the time whenever reading them i'm like i don't think these these aren't meant to be just sat down and read and analyzed no. like this. Like, like, I, I, I just found them very hard to get through. Even if, you know, there wasn't anything obviously challenging about them. I just feel like it's it's something that's made and written for a visual medium and just works best that way. It's like reading scripts, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little different, but but essentially the well, same. Well, you mean they, they yeah, it's more screw, or you mean screenplays. Cause yeah, sorry. Because both, yeah, p- scripts counts for both. Right? Yeah. So, um yeah, so yeah, it's some, yeah, essentially, essentially the same concept. Yeah, not a, not a lot of uh, other big names really in this film. Um, like there was, uh, I mean, you know, some minor actors who were who were kind of like doing their thing in the eighties, but none that really besides the the two leads uh, who. Uh, well, I mean, at the time, Schwarzenegger wasn't wasn't the big name. Yeah, but I mean, like an, now an, though, you know what I mean? Like, like okay, so people have like carried on and done. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, yeah, so the film made 130 million dollars on a 16 mil budget, so it was inevitable that they were going to try to milk the franchise because they said, "Oh, hey, there's uh, there's interest in Conan. Fantastic, mm-hmm. yeah. there's interest." Um, and there were two sequels planned, and on the for Conan the Conqueror, um, they kind of teased at the end that there would be the next the next movie, the next Conan movie. But because Conan the Conqueror tanks, uh, um, the Destroyer. The second movie is Conan the Destroyer. Where's Conan the Conqueror from? Don't know. I don't know. Oh, maybe Conan the Conqueror was supposed to be the third. Or well, anyways, um, Conan the Destroyer. Okay, so that one tanked. Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm not in a rush to see it. Um, and yeah, I, I I hear it's not nearly as good. Yeah. So and so the um that's the third film in the franchise. Uh, wound up uh being kind of sort of canceled but then eventually retooled and turned into the movie crawl uh oh maybe it was that maybe it's crawl the conquerors um hmm uh i have not seen crawl although i i can because i know mom has it on dvd she actually, when she was watching it with us, we um, she she compared it to Crawl, didn't she? Well, yeah, that's just it. So I guess that? I guess there is uh, there is a connection there. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like uh, there was there was some other stuff going on too, like uh, Red Sonia, where uh, Schwarzenegger played a similar role hmm. um, to to Conan, but not exactly not exactly, and and it was it was similar, right? So even when they weren't milking. It by name, they were still more or less trying to get uh, get a little bit of that that pie. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, no, yeah, and you know, the destroyer. I mean, 
the box office was 31 million on an on a budget of either 16 or 18 million depending on the source um so i mean like i don't think it was a failure but it just i mean you go down from what 130 million just to 31 million yeah yeah yeah. the hell is it that's a big enough down yeah oh no not crawl call Call. Yeah, it's called Call the Conqueror. So that's where I got Conqueror from. Oh. Yeah, 1997. Okay. So yeah, Crawl is a different film entirely then. Uh, and that one has Kevin Sorbo. Oh, when is that Call f- call from? Mm-hmm. When is Call the Conqueror from? 97. Oh, that's quite a ways later then. Yeah. Okay, and Crawl, crawl is a different film. I think Liam Neeson's in it, and it's from same era like in the 80s i think no i think you're right because i was i was looking up crawl and i was like where is it uh no you're right a crawl is from 83 oh okay uh, so maybe like, so maybe crawl was before conan the destroyer yes sorry everybody, conan, we're just figuring this all out right now <laughs> well there's so much to go through and uh yeah. well apparently though crawl from 83 bombed uh budget of 27 to 30 million dollars box office 16 million Ooh. so it it costs more to make than conan but yeah, I didn't don't make nearly as much dough. Yeah, um, Robbie Coltrane and Liam Neeson were in it, and a lot of other people I don't recognize. Hmm. But yeah, and then of course there was our uh, there was our favorites, the uh... never before in the history of motion pictures has there been a screen presence so commanding, so powerful, oh, yeah. so deadly. He's Conan, the librarian. (laughs) Can you tell me where I can find a book on astronomy? Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? (laughs) Conan, the librarian. I'm sorry. These books are a little overdue. (laughs) Conan, the librarian. Tonight, only on U62. That's the first time I heard that uh, without the visual, and uh, that splatter noise is pretty vivid. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, although if it was in uh, the same line as uh, as the actual Conan films, there would just have been blood. I, no, I don't want to say, like, blood everywhere. And actually, to be honest, actually, I think UHF, the film uh, that this is from, uh, 87, yeah? Um, uh, oh, 89. Um, it has, I think, actually, like, a lot more kind of graphic blood you know are you thinking about that scene when emo phillips cuts his, his thumb his, cuts his thumb because <laughs> i mean like i, I don't know because it, it, it amps up the ridiculousness right, right? right, right. Yeah. um well anyway <laughs> anyway all right well let's move on to the comic adaptation because um oh now this is the interesting thing that's um the marvel super specials um they had conan comics that weren't based off the film they were like just adventures of conan way earlier actually so um if if you're like oh okay i'm gonna get the marvel super special i'm gonna get the one with conan there's actually quite a few so the one that we're talking about is marvel super special number 21 yes uh adapted penciled and inked by john buscema which so i mean like he did most of it it looks like one man show uh although the script uh, and this is important, was uh, done by Michael Flesher. And the reason why it's important is because there's some pretty significant changes in here. Uh, when I say changes, though, they're more along the lines with the original script for some parts. For example, oh. the narration it, in the graph, the, uh, I keep doing it. I keep doing it. Graphic novel. I keep 
going towards graphic novel. I mean, is it is that wrong though? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's purists out there, one way or the other, would either vehemently disagree or uh, amazingly agree with me. Um, hmm. But the they have it has the film's original narration, which is Conan narrating. Uh, and that was how the, the that was how the film was originally going to go, but they cut it and they changed they changed it around to probably due to his accent and how because he, he wasn't he, yeah he wasn't the easiest to understand at that point. No, and they even he even was working with a film coach uh, or the speech coach I should say for the film uh, quite a bit to, to get himself ready. But uh, yeah, but in the comic here, no issues. Conan is is narrating, and as such, there's de- different details that are in the narration. Mm-hmm. You get to understand a bit more of him, his his his, uh, his motivations and how he's feeling, as opposed to um, the wizard who is just kind of narrating what happened. Yeah, sort of know. like just overseeing, like like here's what's happening along in the in the realm, and he's taking revenge. And yeah, this is much more uh, much more personal. Yeah, um, and so I mean, like, there are, however, some some changes that some I feel like are were definitely in the original script, but some I think were done for the sake of space in the comic. Right. Um, in this one, uh, interestingly, he wasn't freed by his master. They sidestepped that entirely, and there's an earthquake. And he's freed that way, and and yeah, him running yeah. is just like he's always had this desire to be free, and now he can capitalize on it. And he was never going to be taken prisoner again, and that does make a degree of sense. It does make more sense that you know uh, Conan would seize freedom at the first opportunity he got, as opposed to just having someone free him. Yeah, that was the thing that I was kind of shocked by the most. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, did, did I miss this in the movie? I'm like, no, and no, I didn't, because I had to kind of rethink about it and and like go like, oh no, no, the guy got. Kind of like his 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 master got white girl wasted and and and, and then let him out. Um, and uh, I've had three hard lemonades, <laughs> and I'm buzzed. You know what we should do? <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> Another uh, noticeable difference um, is they really tamed down the death of his parents. Um, mm. His uh, his dad takes a lot of arrows and stuff like that, and it mentions that he's eaten by uh, by puppers, what? but um, but it doesn't what? show it particularly. Um, and his mom is not decapitated. No, no, no. she just uh, she's just struck down. Um, when when I felt like that was something. Like a visual um, that was a visual that was very powerful in the film, especially because he's being she's being bewitched by this guy, and he's and she's holding his hand as it happens. Yeah, like and and uh, and the kid is just like, uh, uh, he like he's just numb to it, it's just, uh, or or uh, or just no, not numb, but more like uh, devastated beyond reaction. I yes, suppose. yeah. Um. So. Yeah, this one. Uh, you know, the thing is with the uh, the change of narration, is that um, I tried to read it in Schwarzenegger's voice, but I really <laughs> I often couldn't no. because it's not um, it's not really worded in a way that is conducive to how he speaks. No, no, it's it's not Schwarzenegger's voice, really. Yeah, and um, and that is something that is. 
interesting about the comic adaptation because unlike a lot of the previous ones that we've covered on the show, they don't particularly try to capture his likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, no, he looks completely different from he Schwarzenegger. Looks, he looks nothing like Schwarzenegger. He's got the jet black hair. He looks almost more like First Nations or um, like a... Like, he, he's really tanned, and, and he's got, um, just, I mean, he's still, got, he's still got, like, really jagged features, but uh, I think Schwarzenegger has a more, like, pronounced chin. Oh, he definitely thing. does. Um, he just looks, he looks like a, a different character, basically. And, that, and I think that was really interesting, because, um, like, yeah, with, in Dune, they were so good at capturing people's likenesses, mm-hmm. and in Blade Runner, um, but yeah, here, uh, just... They, they, although they still kind of captured James Earl Jones, which is interesting. Not it wasn't it wasn't a great like exact like likeness, but you can tell like that's the character he's supposed to be. Where if you were to put this character next to Schwarzenegger, you wouldn't know that it was supposed to be like the same character. It looks kind of like um, the guy, one of his uh, his squad mates from Predator. Uh, you, you know the the First Nations one. The one who uh, at the uh, end decides to take his shirt off and take out a knife, right? And, and, and tries. To, he's like, he's like, I'm pretty sure I can take this predator on. Yeah. With with with, because with, because my shirt's off, I'm pretty sure this is gonna work out in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> my God, what an, a a freaking amazing decade for for Schwarzenegger, the '80s. Like, um, holy you cow. know, if you you know, it's one of those things where you look back and you're like, oh, of course it was a whole a whole decade, but then if you like having. I guess, you know, as you get older mm-hmm. and you realize, like, oh, I guess the decade isn't as long as I think it is. Because he'd be having to go from one production to the other over and over just, again, he right? Was just he was just so busy. on the go. Yeah. All the time. Like, if I think with the difference between we're almost at 2020, 2010 to now, it doesn't seem like that long. No, not yeah, really. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What, when was Predator? 87? 87? I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. It's five years. And yeah, and it's, yeah, he was, and he was bankable at that at that point. He could he could sell Predator just on his name, Schwarzenegger, across the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the Predator at that point in time was not the selling point. It mm-hmm. was it was the Schwarzenegger, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. What a crazy what a crazy decade. Yeah. So bizarre. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he carried on well, well through the nineties too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. It's it is it is less than ten years, or it's the same amount of time um, from Conan the Barbarian to Terminator Two in twenty twenty ten was to now. Right? Yeah, nine years. So, how about that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <clears throat> uh, some other changes. Um, there was a a lot of tension in the scene when they were stealing the the eye, that big jewel mm-hmm. from the temple. Because they thought the snake was ornamental, because you know, you know, Conan's basically climbing on it; he's trying to take it, and it's a giant <laughs> snake. And so they figure, oh, it's just an ornamental thing. And then, you know, when they were in the midst of getting away, Conan's distracted by a symbol, and then the snake comes to life, and he doesn't know. And you know, but in the comic here, they know it's alive, and they're trying to tiptoe around it, which uh, I, yeah. I, I, under- I understand why they did it. I guess because you know it's more of a visual tension sort it's, of thing. It's, it's hard. It's hard to portray somebody not knowing something mm. the, uh, visually in a comic book. I think. Mm. And how how um how bogged down would the script of the comic be if they were like, look at this 
decorative snake that they have here. <laughs> you know, like it just, it just, it wouldn't, it almost makes more sense in the comic medium to, um, to change it around a little bit so that they know. That's just like what we're talking about with Last Starfighter, where there were some very, very awkward, yeah. oh, my bed looks like it's been slept in. <laughs> You're yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, exactly. So in this case, they didn't bog it down with that. Right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, man, Conan is a chatty Cathy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, he, he's so stone silent in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he speaks, but, like, most of the time he just sits there and is like, mm. you know, <laughs> like... Uh, um, we like, almost he, forgot he, to mention all the Arnoldisms, which are oh, funny yeah. in hindsight. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, especially in that, uh, his first fight. Yeah. Where you hear, you hear, like, the, the things that people, like, kind of joke about that you're like, Arnold never really did that. Uh-huh. He, he definitely did that in the air where he's like... <laughs> 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 um, we're um, in the the fight in the comic. Yeah. He's, he's just chatting the whole time. He's like, um, oh, "Nay, by the bonds of Kram, I will destroy you first. You know, like um, dog on the uh, dog on the back, <laughs> dog of a black man in the wheel of pain could not destroy me. Neither will you destroy me." Like I, again, I can't even say it in our own. It just yeah. doesn't work. You can't. You can't. You can't Schwarzenegger this Conan. Yeah. Um, Sorry, remember when I said I'd kill you last? Yeah, you did. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that movie. I've still never seen Commando. Oh, uh, I haven't seen it in entirety. No, yeah. no. Um, and also, like in this, he he has catchphrases. Oh yeah. He's like by Crom, like he just does it all the time. And mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think he ever said that in the movie, like by Crom or in Crom's name. I don't think so. I think no. he would talk about Crom, but it and, wouldn't be like a catchphrase. And then he had like the one prayer to Crom, where he ended it with. Um, and if you don't like it, to hell with you. <laughs> um, which, uh, yeah, so like a very, I've just, uh, I'm just kind of floored at the difference of characterization. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, for example, the wizard, he looks way creepier, in the, whereas he's kind of a comical character in the film. Bit, in this yeah. one, he's a little more mystical. And Valeria, uh, she's less intense. In fact, she's she, she's apparently like the queen of the thieves or whatever. Yeah, but I don't she's, remember that being communicated in the film. Yeah, but I mean, she's just she always looks like she's like two steps away from a nervous breakdown or something in this. Well, she is. She always looks doughy faced in in the comic, and it's like, why? Why would you? Why would you disempower one of these characters, especially one who's supposed to be like this combat a, a thieving expert? You know, why disempower them? She was a very strong character in the film. Yeah, yeah, give her. Give her, give her kudos. She's t- like that time when she they were escaping and there was those four guys around her and mm. she just she just like just very confidently killed them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, as actually, I like that because the setup was that she was completely surrounded and it almost kind of you think that you know then Conan would drop in out of nowhere and then save her or whatever. No, she just killed them herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah totally. She's completely surrounded, but whatever. Whatever. She's like, yeah. Well, you know what I got. I got a sword. I got swords, and I can apparently... We all have swords. We all have swords. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you know, even though Conan says a lot more, truthfully, I didn't feel any humor, or maybe humor's even too strong a word, but any levity in the comic. You know, there was there was moments in in the film where it was just you know there was time to breathe and mm-hmm. you know and and a little bit of, of again the camel punching was one you know uh, when when Conan meets the priest and then kind of insinuates that you know he and the priest are going to get it on and then you know he bashes the priest yeah uh, you know there were moments of levity but I, there was I just felt none in the comic the comic was was just like was um, it was just heavy 
you know, it was just yeah. like, uh, it was just like, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm buckled in for this. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess it's because it's more condensed, and so they don't, they just don't have the luxury of giving you chances to to breathe. I guess they're like, they're like, look, it's a comic; it's the reader's responsibility. If he wants to, <laughs> if he wants to take a moment to breathe, he can just look away from the page for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Two other notes that I had near the end, uh, page forty-eight especially when Valeria returns as a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my, the exposition! Like, I know what I said earlier. Where you know, where we agreed, eh, maybe they're going a little light on the exposition. No, her exposition was bonkers. It was just like I've just got to explain all of this to you right now, and all of what's going on. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> Like I, I get it. You're like a ghostly, ghostly apparition, who's helping me. I kind of appreciate, I, or I don't know. I guess I'll say I have mixed feelings about it. Um, in the um, in the movie, how she just kind of makes an appearance and there's no explanation. Mm. It's just sort of like it's like, oh, what was going on? I guess he kind of had to. Um, he kind of had to extrapolate a little bit. He had to kind of think about it. Like, like, oh, what does what does this mean? Is that she, she, uh, and and I. I guess it, it refers back to a line where she said that she would, um, oh, shoot, what was it? It was, um... It sounded like not even... Not even death would keep me from you or something like that, or, or help me, or, or not even death would stop me from fighting by your side or something like that. Yeah, and, it's not, it's not and, akin to that, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's one that, it just harkens back to that line in particular, but, um, but then it also kind of goes like, it's so by so fast that you're like what <laughs> mm-hmm. but what I don't I don't know what happened exactly and then uh, we get to the huge fight scene at the end and mm-hmm. then uh, all of a sudden uh, Doom is killed there yeah. there and then yeah, he's right killed then. and then and then the last page they're just like oh well, well I guess we're gonna take the princess and we're gonna do this and we're gonna go back and the end because one thing I, I kind of liked is that Doom um, showed that without his army he really didn't have much power mm. like he had um and then so, so yeah he lost his, his and he lost his army his his main henchmen he failed in in assassinating um the the lady mm-hmm. and then he just left and he's like well I, I guess i can't do anything else and he he didn't have the stones to go into combat himself mm-hmm. and then he that's just that he's not Darth Vader no no, no he's, he's not he's a he's a manipulator yeah um, he's a cult leader he can't even take not... on Conan's mother without transfixing her first yeah yeah um, yeah so essentially he's he's a sorcerer yeah and um, and then he just goes back and just like tries to like carry on doing his like he's like well at least I got my cold <laughs> and, uh, and then um and then Conan goes and uh, executes him in front of everybody, mm-hmm. um, and essentially dis dis um, uh, what's the word? Disband. Dis- yeah, yeah, disbands the cult and just by, which, by throwing his head down. Which makes and- a lot a lot more sense than this because he still in the comic he still has his cult. Like, do they even know that he's dead? They're still going to be doing like like his work. Like the various temples were acting basically autonomously. They're still going to be mm-hmm. doing the sacrifices and the snake feeding and all that nonsense. But um, but in the film, you're right. He's in front of the cult, cuts the head off, and completely kills the movement because they're all just like, well, well this, this barbarian just killed him. I guess so. he wasn't so special after all. Yeah, exactly. I'm and to they think all... that he uh, 
he may have been using us. Yeah, and they all just <laughs> yeah. kind of wander off to put out their torches, and that's that is actually kind of a powerful imagery. That's that's him like mm-hmm. taking the power away. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it's not just about killing him. It's about it's about stopping the movement and taking the power out of and the the mythology out of just a mortal a mortal man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know he happened to get his revenge as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he could do all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, hits all the bases. Um, and then yeah, and then he torches the the, the uh, torches his temple. The high leaves, temple, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, this one is sort of they sort of like they even kind of acknowledge that they didn't wrap it up <laughs> at the end. They're they're, <laughs> they're like, well, I I guess uh, I guess his followers won't have anyone to follow anymore. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then the end. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess, I guess to me, it almost, it almost felt like they're like, oh shoot, we're out of pages. We're out. Look, John, <laughs> yeah. you have no more pages. It's like, well, there's only three panels left on this page. Well, then that's going to have to be your ending. And oh, he's like, okay. all right, well, all right. let's see what I can do. <laughs> dump it on. Yeah. So. And so I managed to sort out everything and everybody, and I returned to the princess, and the people were all happy and better, and I had more adventures at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, uh, on the whole, um, I like the art of the comic. I got to give major props to Mr. Bashama because I mean, like that, this is a bloody huge undertaking that, that, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of people who were supporting him, but I'm looking at the, at the credits on this thing and it really seems to be mostly his project. And, uh, that, that can't have been easy, especially because again, this isn't a beat for beat, you know, the exact same as the film. Um, I mean, the story is mostly the same, but I mean, like, um, honestly, uh, I, this is not a task that I envy. It's, uh, it's, how, how, how did he even do it? Do you just like sit down at a desk and was there for like a month? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, but I like the art style. I think the art style is, is very well suited to this, to this story. It, it, uh, it matches the grimness of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like you look at this first page, especially, I almost mm-hmm. feel like the art kind of like, started off like top tier mm-hmm. and then kind of went down a little bit just probably because he was getting tired or something <laughs> right but at the same time like it, it didn't it didn't get bad it just but you look at some of the uh the the art in the first few pages um like the his father working on the and sword it's yeah. just like whoo powerful 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 imagery um <clears throat> a lot of sh- dark shading and stuff like that which really fits the tone of the um, of the story, right? that grit that you felt in the in the film, the the people and the the settings look dirty mm-hmm. in in the art as well. They look dirty. So visually, I feel like it's very appropriate. The yeah. script on the whole is very good. There's a lot of things that that happen in there that are more explicit than in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, names and uh, destinations, you know, where yeah. they're going to go to next, what they need to do next. A little it's more a clarity. Li- yeah, yeah, it's easier to follow, even though I don't necessarily agree mm. with some of, some of the changes. I feel like it over-explains sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it does... Uh, but But... You know, yeah, I, I do feel like I understood some of the motions of the movie a little bit better after reading mm-hmm. the comic too. So, um, again, I, I miss the the levity. I, I felt I could have used a little more levity, it's just so at the very least the characters felt a little more rounded. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to conjecture. I feel like I, I made my... Actually, you know, here's here's a little something about back in about the art style. Mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, have you ever read those um those really old like bible comics oh yeah yeah like um they, they were just like be retellings of uh you know stories of the apostles and stuff like that the art style kind of reminds me of that but like darker and grittier <laughs> but <laughs> no like, i know yeah. what you mean yeah yeah where it's it's um it's it's people but they're kind of like uh, their major features are exaggerated, so that you have an easier time remembering mm-hmm. who's who. Yeah, yeah, I got, you, I got you. And also, I guess it comes with the fact that like um, the you know the settings are very like barren. There's, you know, cause because it, because of the fact that it's all like it's old timey. You know, it's, it's not uh, it's not modern day. You don't have to worry about buildings and all that kind of stuff. It's all like camps and like the the visual the visual cues are all very similar. So there's, yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of that, a lot of that. Um, I I do feel yeah some of the weaknesses in the script uh, I think do come from Conan himself because of how how oddly chatty he is um, just and the and the catchphrases like by qualm and the guy I just I just it, it felt a little hammy mm-hmm. yeah and I guess you know you said that the you know, the movie felt also a bit hammy and unabashedly so but yeah. it was but it was kind of different it is definitely different hammy. Yeah. Yeah, for so. sure. Well, I mean, it, it's it's again, it's it's self aware. Like again, when Conan does his speech, you know, and if you do not grant me revenge, then to hell with you. That's it's it's hammy, but it's just like yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. You know, you're there with him. You're just like yeah, you know, <laughs> let the let the dude have his revenge. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's uh, he's had a pretty rough go at life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ew. Yeah, so uh, so you know what, serviceable, and I'd say uh, I'd say not too bad, not too bad, worth uh, worth a pickup if you got if you're interested in the uh, in the swords and sorcerer genre mm-hmm. graphic novel, of which again there are quite a few for the Marvel Super Specials. So we have just one Facebook comment. Thanks so much for responding. Let me read her out here. It is from J.C. Carlos. Thanks, J.C. I saw this movie back in 1982 on my first ever date with my first ever girlfriend in the eighth grade. It was at a theater in downtown Chicago, and they didn't care about letting a couple kids into an R-rated movie. Eighth grade. I was an avid comic book reader at that time. I was familiar with Conan from Marvel Comics, but was solely into superheroes, so I never picked up an issue. I do remember thinking the movie was very cool, and I'm still a fan of it today, but it didn't inspire me to try out the comic. I also passed on the adaptation comic, but despite being solely a superhero fan, I did pick up quite a few movie adaptations during this time. There was This was also before the advent of video store and movie adaptations were my way of enjoying a cool movie and over and over again. You know, I guess... This is uh, thanks, JC. Um, something that I didn't really think of. That's um, this would probably have been like one of those really cool naughty movies to sneak into. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just like I bet mom and dad are, you know, would really get mad <coughs> if they knew which movie I went to see. Well, because it's you know it's it's a lot of fighting, a lot of blood, and a lot of boobs. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's uh, so. Um, yeah, thinking about uh, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe eighth grade, I, w- I would have been on board with that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so cool. Sounds like a fun first date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks JC. <laughs> but uh, next time, you had a fantastic suggestion. Well, actually, uh, you had a suggestion that we should probably go with first because uh, next month is December. Yes. 
And you were saying that there was Santa Claus in the movie. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so we got the next two months lined up. Yeah. Uh, the very very curious John Lithgow vehicle. Uh, and, and uh, oh, what was the other? Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. Uh, yeah, Dudley uh, Moore was definitely the bigger, apparently the bigger name at the time. Yeah. Because every time I mention Santa Claus in the movie to people, they're like, oh, the one with Dudley Moore. And I'm like, uh, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Santa Claus the movie, um, not the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm, no. Which mm-hmm. I don't think there was a Marvel adaptation of. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be something? And then and then in January we'll go with uh, with with your suggestion then, sir. Uh, Muppets take Manhattan. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're gonna step away from this speculative fiction and go more into uh, more into fun, family friendly fare. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll yeah. Be, uh, a little, a little lighter, a little lighter in tone. I agree. Yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, geez, Blade Runner, Dune, Conan <laughs> the Barbarian. Whew. I mean, I, the last Starfighter was pretty light, but, but, yeah, yeah you know, no, I got gotcha. you. You know, let's uh, let's have a little fun with the uh, with the Muppets for a bit. I got gotcha. <laughs> yeah. you. Gotcha. All right, folks, remember to uh, like and subscribe and uh, keep abreast of all the fun announcements on the Epic Marvel Podcast Facebook page. But above all else, folks, watch some movies, read some comics. Bye, Crumb! Bye, Crumb!